Ladies and gentlemen, as part of the Jeremiah Show, welcome to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Now here's the host of the show, a man who thought he finally made it when Dom DeLuise said to him, you're funny. It's TV's Tim Stack. Yay, me. What an intro I gave myself. Incredible intro. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Um, got a great guest today. But first, I will tell the Dom DeLuise story. Uh, so my big break, I've had a few big breaks. <laughs> but one of them was getting cast in the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, 1981, 82. And it got me out of being a waiter, which is, I always say, and I think my guest will agree with me, Jordan, if he wants to jump in, is, is to me, the moment you've made it in show business is when you're no longer a waiter. Like, you can support yourself by your craft, whatever that is. I, I really agree, think, like, if you can do that, support yourself by what you love doing, you've made it. And then whatever comes after that is gravy. Yeah. The minute, the minute you can tell your 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 manager at Trader Joe's, I'm hanging up my Hawaiian shirt and I'm out of here. I'll see you I'm in the hanging picture. up the Hawaiian shirt um, that doesn't fit anymore because I've been eating a lot of Trader Joe's. <laughs> These snacks are very good. Kid. They're so healthy. These corn chips. Uh, I do love those corn chips. Anyway, yeah. so I get cast in. Best Little World in Texas, and they fly you first class to Texas, and I'm going to be working with Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. It's just unbelievable. And on day one, they take us out to some mansion, way out, a farmhouse, way out in the middle, if you know the movie, way out in the middle of a field. And I work the day, and there's all these, Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton and all these women who worked at the Best Little Warehouse in Texas. And I get on the bus to go back to the hotel, and at the last minute, Dom DeLuise gets on the front of the bus. But I'm in the back of the bus because I always liked the back of the bus when I was a kid because you can get in trouble back there and not get caught. <laughs> back of the classroom, back of the bus, that's where I want to be. <laughs> so I'm back there doing some stupid bit for the guys who I've met who are the other cohorts in this gang, this audio-visual gang that's in the movie. And Dom DeLuise suddenly gets up and walks back, and he's walking back towards the back of the bus. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, what, did, you know, what? And I always think I'm in trouble. I spend my, spend my whole life thinking I'm in trouble. And he looks at me, and he said, you're funny. And I thought to myself, it was just one of those moments, like, here's a guy I had watched all through, like, the late 60s and 70s. He's in Blazing Saddles. I mean, he's just a show-stopping moment in that movie. And Fatso and uh, so many great movies. And he's telling me I'm funny. And I thought to myself, this is like a semi-dream come true. I'm no longer a waiter. <laughs> and Dom DeLuise just told me I'm funny. So anyway, and he, he I have to say to this too. He was the nicest guy. And his family was so nice. The kids are great. His wife, Carol, who also- And he was away. so drunk when he said that. He had no <laughs> recollection of who you were. It might have been pills with Dom. <laughs> he wasn't a drinker. Um, that, anyway- that is, that is such a great story. Also, you know, it is, a, it is a big deal when you are validated by someone you respect. And well, uh, it's- I, I want to ask you that question on the other side, but I want to introduce you first. Of course, please. Okay. So let's 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 hit a cue. Everybody knows that theme. Okay, Jordan Young. I wrote this down, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Young is a writer, producer, animator, and amazingly, a husband. Uh, <laughs> that is the most amazing part. <laughs> it really is. If you knew Jordan, his wife is so great. But it's there's it's anyway. He has worked on such shows as The Simpsons, which we'll talk about. Drawn Together, which I just love. A lot of people don't know that show. It's so great. The critically acclaimed Better Off Ted. Everybody, that's always the caveat. Critically acclaimed Raising Hope. That's where we met. Life in Pieces. BoJack Horseman, another critically acclaimed show. People just love that show. And the upcoming show, I'm not going to pronounce it. You pronounce it. 
Crapopolis. Crapopolis. Uh, uh, I thought it was a T. One Dan Harmon right? uh, for Fox Fall uh, Animation Domination. I believe October, but you know, I, I think we're we'll, we'll wait for the official. We're going to talk about fall. we're going to talk about that. This drum roll is still going. Uh, <laughs> I, and, I'm worthy of the world's longest drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> to the point, and, let's just keep it going <laughs> for the show. That's all. It's a drum solo. <laughs> But it's just he does the same thing the whole time. He played an hour-long drum solo. It was amazing. Uh, he's also a New York Jets fan, which we may or may uh-huh. not get to. It's, it, the self-loathing of being a Jets fan is just so wonderful. My son has the same uh, self-loathing. Please welcome Jordan Young. Yay! Thank you, Chairman, my good friend. Um, how are you? I am uh, pretty good, thank you. We met... Uh, my son's new girlfriend, uh, speaking of Jets fans, over the weekend, she's really great. So that was really fun when, you know, I've, we've had other examples where the kids brought home boyfriends or girlfriends just like, oh, my God, where did this person <laughs> What corner did they pick this person up on? And, uh, uh, I'm sure that's great. how my in-laws felt about when my wife brought me home, but uh, <laughs> I, I refused uh, to give up. That's, that's, uh, that, was, that was it. Uh, yeah. Jordan, the wonderful life. I don't know if we'll get to it. It's just such a great, you're, you describing your life in Long Island and growing up there. Well, maybe we'll get to it a little bit. But anyway, going back to that question, was there somebody who, like that first time, you know, somebody said to you, like, wow, this is really good, or can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah, so I was in art school training to, to be in animation, um, and I took a painting class with this um, very successful illustrator, uh, Daniel Adele. Um, his work has been on every cover of everything. If you saw it, you'd know it. Um, and we were just kind of, I was not that good a painter, but I wanted to try to get better. Um, but I was good at kind of being a jackass, I guess, in yeah. class. And I remember at one point he was just like, you're very funny. And, and I thought to myself, well, this is a professional person who I'm paying to be in his class. He doesn't have to tell me I'm funny. He doesn't have to tell me any of this. Um, but he had been around long enough and, and, he gave me a couple of books that were kind of comedic narrative books that I thought, Oh, he thought I would enjoy them because we had similar sense of humor. Um, and, and that was kind of the first time I ever even thought for a second, there was like a job in comedy for me, but I still thought it was going to be drawing funny things. That's who I always, I always thought that. And w- when he told you that, was he looking at, in other words, you weren't being verbally funny. He was looking at your, at your illustrations or your painting. No, he was, he was, he was listening to me because my illustrations were <laughs> dumb poop at that point. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the people in the class were far more talented than I was, uh, but I was uh, able to be self-deprecating and, and, and keep everyone laughing uh, just because I think I was so insecure about being clearly the worst painter in the class. Um, and so it was it was that first time I remember someone even being like, you know, you'd be a good talk show host. I think it's because I never shut up. And so there's <laughs> plenty of uh, material generating. Um, and then I moved out to take the job on The Simpsons. I moved to L.A. So talk about how that happened, because that's I just always think, like, what is that defining moment that gets you a job? So, I mean, I was I was always kind of a, a, a hustler and and, uh, and worked at any internship or any job I can get that even sniffed around animation um, from being, you know, an office PA when they were doing the animated show, The Tick, um, to being um, just an all-around errand boy for this little HBO animation studio that did this kids show called A Little Curious, I think. Um, and, you know, I just always was the person who's like, hey, you got something for me? I'll do it. I don't care what it is. Just give it to me. I'll do it. And... So eventually they threw me some some artwork, uh, busy work, I'm sure. And I was, you know, obsessing over it and trying to make it perfect. And there was a, another guy there who thought he had 
he thought I had enough talent to take a Simpson test, which is kind of that's how they judge your ability to do the show. Really? Uh, Explain that. That sounds it's not like Simpsons trivia. No, it's not. <laughs> I would have gotten the job a lot faster if it was. Uh, it was you. They send you a scene from an episode that had been cut. Um and they basically say, do this, like do the job that you would end up doing. And then they evaluate you. Um, so I got an audio cassette, which I still have in my house here somewhere, um, which is the performances of the, of the actors and the storyboards that you had to then translate into animation. Um, I take the test, I send it in. Uh, but, wait a my, second. So the test is not, you're just not redrawing the storyboards. No, you're, no, you're, you're, actually you're actually doing the animation. The actors, yeah, yeah. You're performing Homer. You're performing Bart. You're drawing, you know, sideshow Bob in this case. Um, and so, yeah, it was, you know, it was wild. I, I was nervous and, and excited, but um, feeling completely uh, overwhelmed. Uh, I sent in my test, and I call the studio and they tell me that I have the second best test of anyone there. So I assume, well, that's great news because as soon as they hire the first best test, I'll be the next one hired. Well, that went on for four months. Uh, And I was starting to panic because I was uh, having to decide whether to go back to art school or not. And are you in LA or New York at this point? New York. I was in New York. um, And... My parents had made it very clear they were no longer going to pay for me to do anything. So are you uh, living at home at this point? It would have been that would have been the case. And so really (laughs) the choice is between a Hail Mary job in this on The Simpsons or finding a way to afford a handgun and two bullets. (laughs) That was I was really those were my two options. I mean, it would take um, you two shots. I did the first one just that to make sure the gun worked. I just want to make sure. It oh, I see. Good. That's good. Oh yeah, this thing works. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to misfire, and then I'm just I'm sitting here with one. Thanks um, for the support, mom. Yep. Yeah, you got. You raised the comedy writer. Congratulations. <laughs> so I, 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 I start calling the Simpsons and. Eventually, just because I, I think I'm a, a, a very annoying and, and irrepressible sort of person, I, I said, all right, if I'm the second best test, what do I need to do to become the first best? I've been waiting around. And the guy was like, oh, let me help you. So this really nice man, Tom Woodall, uh, sent my test back with the little adjustments that would have been made to that uh, if I worked on the show. Can I interrupt uh, for a second? Of course. Of you course. asked a really good question to that guy, which yeah. is, it wasn't like, hey, what am I doing wrong? It was more like you're asking the guy for advice. You know, like, what can I do to get better? Which is so I different than important. like, what did I do yeah. wrong? It's it's, yeah. it's so different. Anyway, sorry, continue. Well, No, I, I think that that's... You know, that's always been my inclination to to try to get better and 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 always seeing that there is another tier of talent to aspire to. Right. right? And so, you know, it's never thinking I'm the best at anything, but thinking, oh, it's great when someone else is the best because I can see where I need to get to to get there. Um, and so that that was kind of my impetus for that conversation. And. He sent me the test back. I did some uh, some adjustments on the art, um, and they hired me, and I moved out uh, in September. Yeah, so uh, September of 99. That's great. I mean, it really, you know, it speaks to your commitment, but also speaks to your talent. They hired you. It's like how many people have taken that test and uh, not gotten through? So- it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a dream come true, um, and then... And I, I still have many friends from from that time. Um, but within a couple of years, I decided that I could not stand drawing another Homer Simpson. Back to, uh, that, back to that funny thing. Oh, because you're just you're like a factory at this point. Uh, yeah. And so I start making it clear that, like, I want to get into the writing. And this one director uh invited me to a table read and I'd never been to one and I'd never even been on a, on a studio lot um, before. Yeah. And I sat there 
and it was uh you may know him, Dana Gould. Sure. He's a yeah. stand-up yeah, and a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around for a while. He's super talented, super funny guy. Um, and I'd always liked him as a stand-up, but growing up in New York, you never really understand how anything works in LA. Like it's a very different world when you get out here. Um, but I asked him to sign um my script because he had written it and I thought that would be a, a cool little thing. And I believe what he wrote was um when there were only one set of footprints, it was because I was carrying you, signed Dana Gould, right. which is a reference to that Jesus Christ in the Sand uh, uh, poster. Um, and I said, I'm going to call BS because I have six toes on my foot and I can tell for <laughs> sure that that's me walking in the sand. And he thought that was really funny. Um, and that was really the moment I was like, I might be able to do this for okay. real. Okay. We're going to talk about the writing on the other side. We're going to take our first break. I'm talking to Jordan Young. His uh, new show, Crapopolis, appears on Fox in the fall, probably October. You're going to get the big football lead in. And we're going to talk about that. You can find him on Twitter at JYBrokenHome. Um, and I just wanted to, I always forget this at the end. I just want to thank Jeremiah, the producer. I always forget. I'm supposed to do I. Supposed to, I know, but I want to. And Dr. D, the engineer, and today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. D. He's 106. <laughs> he looks 91. I actually look like We're going to take our first break. You're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. We'll be right back. Everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freevee, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Still got it. Perfect pitch. Uh, that was the theme from Raising Hope, the show that Jordan and I met on. We had so much fun. I think we had more fun than, no, that show is a great show. It really a great was. show. I mean, it was a great experience. I was lucky enough to see Greg Garcia the other day, who I've been even luckier to now be able to call a friend. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've been lucky in the shows I've worked on. I don't have a lot of complaints in turn i i really feel like i've worked for some incredible talent um and work with people who i still consider friends to yeah. this day like you tim yeah. um and i don't think so you just a real quick when when i met tim i again being from new york and not really understanding a ton like i didn't really there was no imdb there's none of that stuff but i was such a huge fan i think i told you like just your episode of Seinfeld was iconic to me, but like Parker Lewis and yeah. Nightstand and, and, and Earl and all these things and son of the beach, of course. Um, and so it was, a, it was, it was such a treat to be able to like meet someone who has so much accomplishment um, and something that I was so impressed with and like get to know him on a personal level. I thought that was just one of the coolest parts of the show. So just want to say that. Yeah. No, but for people who don't, and it's um, oh, they're running that show on Freevee now. Oh, and uh, I think we just got to check. Um, that's always God willing. Um, <laughs> but apparently, it's doing very well for them, and it it pairs up with Sprung, Greg's new show on 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 Freevee. But people who don't know it, it's also on Hulu. And if you, if you've never seen Raising Hope, and there are a lot of people that just like. 
yeah. don't know the show. It's really, really uh, funny. So, yeah, I mean, that's and sweet the thing and that, charming and, and, and unique. Exactly. I think like, you know, to, to your point earlier with the better off Ted thing, uh, it was, you know, there are these shows that you get to be incredibly proud of, but yet when you talk to anyone, their eyes glaze over, yes. they've never heard of it. Yes. <laughs> you go, you go, maybe check it out. I think it's good, but whatever, you know, I don't know how to tell anyone to watch anything, but, um, raising hope was one of the, just like it, right out of the gate. If you remember, it was a hit, which is so rare. And, you know, we all kind of stayed together for four years, which is also very rare. Um, yeah, it was just yeah, one of those experience. shows. We thought it was going to go five, but then Greg moved. He left uh, anyway. <laughs> and also they pumped all their, they put everything in the new girl, which was a good show. Yeah. I can understand why it was you know. great show, but there's, you know, it's like, it's like parenting. You should probably pay attention to both kids as opposed <laughs> to just calling one, <laughs> putting everything into the other one. That uh, one's fine. Don't talk to it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll be fine. Four years. Um, so go yeah, back, no, I, go back to how you made the move to writing. So, um, uh, because again, I think there's a part of me that is uh, unrealistically uh, confident in in in. in, in <laughs> well, that goes for show business, right? Yeah. And, and also, just it's not even that I think. Like I said, like I never think I'm great at anything. I, I really, I, I just think I'll work really hard and I'll try really hard to do it. And you know, there seem to be a lot of mediocrity at every level of every business. And I'm like, I can fit into that. <laughs> so, you know, I go, why not? Uh, so I was, uh, animating on the Simpsons. I meet two, uh, two guys, Dave Jesser, Matt Silverstein, who, uh, were writers and friends of friends. And they had an idea for a show and they needed an artist to kind of help them, develop the the look of the show and the feel um and i went up to one of their houses and uh brought my portfolio which was filled with um drawings and other kind of stillier ideas that probably we can't talk about on am radio but they were they were they were funny enough that the guys kind of laughed and thought oh this guy's not just here to draw um but I said to them, I would do everything, all the art for free. Um, but if the show went, I would like to be hired as a writer. Um, that's a and that's a really good deal for you and them. That's what I felt. And they were really gracious about every level of it because they were, and still to this day remain, um, the sorts of people who don't have a lot of ego and and they embraced me as part of the team from the get-go and that was that was a huge part of it too um and you know i i i am relatively sure uh hooked them up to a lie detector they just assumed it wouldn't end up getting (laughs) made so they wouldn't have had to do anything right uh but get the free art but uh it did and that show is called drawn together it's uh i think it's on paramount plus now uh if you're interested he loves that show it is uh doctor um i prescribe not showing it to anyone under 20 because they will be horribly offended by it um it's the funniest thing it is really fun and you know as i always say like at the time and rarely since was there a show that was like hey why don't we just whatever the funniest craziest things we could think of we put on yeah um and and we did and some of it does not age well (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know oh i know that very well yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the beach will never see the light of day <laughs> oh and and you know it's so silly because it's like it it was a time where things were very different and i think we've all evolved and yes, we all realized 100%. where comedy goes and everything has to change for the better but i don't think it should eliminate the things that we've already enjoyed um and i think you actually learn more by being able to say well we can't do that again and not because we can't but we shouldn't you know as opposed to it's that yeah just uh, i don't know i'm just such a believer in uh if you can laugh at something if you can laugh with something i guess that's the way to say it as opposed to at but if you can laugh with it 
it just e- to me it just eases the tension. So so you get on drawn together and you picked up Elijah there, right? You had a partner, I did. Elijah Aaron. Is that where you guys met? Yeah, we met there. Um, I as 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 I said earlier, like never believing in myself to be great. I I pegged him as the funniest guy on the show, and I was like, if I could beat him. <laughs> then I'll know I'm good. Right. And and so that was kind of my first mindset. Like, all right, I got to always get jokes in ahead of him and be funnier than him. That's funny. Because he also, he went to Harvard and he was all, and I was, you know, this college dropout artist kid. Um, and he was, I mean, man, he remains one yes. of the funniest people I know. Yes. Uh, and you guys so, are, are very different. You're not your, you were not your normal comedy team. Usually it's like, they're almost like Port and Wiseman. They're, those guys are fantastic. They're a lot alike. Like they are, you know, you guys come at it from yeah. completely different places. Yeah, and that was kind of the fun of it, yeah. honestly. And then so I had met with It's Always Sunny um, uh, previous to he and I teaming up and had a really good meeting with the guys, but that was for their like second season or so. It was very new. And for the people who don't know, like in TV writing, um if you have a partner you get paid what one person gets paid and the show gets two bodies so it's a good deal for a show and especially for young writers trying to break in making yourself more appealing financially to the show is never a terrible idea um so when they were looking for writers again and my manager at the time had said they really like a team and they liked they liked me. We had a great meeting, but it was pretty clear that like the benefits for them were we don't have the money because again the show is now this mega mega hit. But back then it was just this cult hit, right? Um, and so they were like, let's get our money's worth because we don't have a huge budget. So it was all teams. Um, and I got to meet uh, Becky and Audra there. Um, uh, Rob Brazell and Scott Martyr, great guys. Scott is now running um, uh, Rick and Morty. And uh-huh. uh, R- Rob is, uh, he was on Dave, that uh, FX show. Yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so, you know, that was, so we, we started working together on, on some ideas, um, sold a couple things between the two of us wrote a couple episodes of drawn together together towards the end and then got the job on it's always sunny and then uh i think better like off 15 ted? years yeah yeah, it was yeah sunny ted then raising hope yeah is better off ted running anywhere because that's a really just a really i think it's on netflix is i it think really? it's on netflix um and interestingly uh i live in santa monica well venice santa monica area and uh there's a pizza place called rock and pies that is owned by jay harrington who is the actor who plays ted Ted. uh and he is there all the time and we're planning uh kind of a gorilla reunion where we bring a bunch of the people to the pizza place and all kind of say hello at the same time so that's funny jeremiah the producer who has access to the internet (laughs) said it's on hulu you can watch it on hulu Ah, you can rent okay, it good. on other Thank you. Amazon Prime. Too. Amazon Prime, you can rent for. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you know the show's title seems to make it feel a little kind of lower brow than it is. Yeah, and it's a high, it's um, a really slick, high end, smart show. It's way ahead of its time. Very anti corporation, um, and you got Jay Harrington, hilarious, great actor. Portia de Rossi, hilarious. Yeah. Andrew Anders, Malcolm Barrett. Jonathan Slavin. Um, yeah, that was, was really a, good. That was a two-year great run. It was just a really fun right. show. and very proud of it. Um, we are going to take our second break. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, I'm talking to Jordan Hope. Jordan Hope. I'm reading Raising Jordan Hope. Hope. I'm talking to Jordan Young because <laughs> I'm looking at my thing here. Um, you can find him on Twitter at JYBrokenHome. And his show, Crapopolis, which we're going to talk about. At some point today, uh, <laughs> airs on Fox as part of that animation domination Sunday night foot, big football lead in. Can't wait for that. That's got to be funny. It's just going to be funny. I mean, you've seen it. You worked on it. 
Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I will be after the break. I'll happily tell you about the show. And, and I, uh, I, I think I can confidently say it will be funny. Yeah, I have no doubt <laughs> with you uh, and Dan Harmon. Oh, what a what a team. OK, we're going to take a break. You're listening. Oh, I should plug Sprung. Or I already talked about Sprung. Oh. Sprung on Freebie. It's such a great Greg Garcia show that I got to work on, which was really, really fun. Uh, and it was almost actually it was even more fun. Than raising hope because we got to work in Greg's backyard during. COVID. Yeah, that was during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And dogs Such were playing a, yeah. there. It was just, it was just great. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, talking to Jordan Young and you're listening to it's radio with TV's Tim Stack. This is Jordan Young uh, promoting Crapopolis on Fox coming out in the fall. And this is It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Dan Harmon has a new comedy worthy of the gods. The world's first Medusa-proof helmet. And you won't believe your eyes. It works! I think! It's a step forward from his pitch for birth control. Go to Crapopolis.com. Be the first to own a digital fan pass. Crapopolis coming to Fox. There you go. Coming to Fox. They don't give you a date, but you think it's October. It's definitely fall, and I think it's October, yeah. Um, it has not been uh, solidified yet. Um, but if you do go and you get to see the teaser, uh, which I believe is up and, and running on the website, uh, the show is a, um, it's a workplace comedy that kind of takes place in ancient Greece where a family um, are kind of trying to run a less than a stellar city, which is the, the city of Crapopolis. Right. Um, and it is um, Richard Iowate plays uh, King Tyrannus. Um, Matt Berry plays his father, uh-huh. uh, Shub, who is a mantator, which if you're aware of Greek mythology, is a mix of a manticore and a centaur which is like six different animals. Uh, so he's a very complicated, messy character. His mother is a goddess, uh, kind of a uh, rejected from Mount Olympus sort of That's goddess. Funny. Uh, kind of a washed up has been goddess. She is a washed very up, funny. all about Eve sort of. Yeah, yeah oh, that's like, great. Um, Lives and, in the uh, glory days of when she was up by, on the hill. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And, and Hannah Waddingham, who is... Uh, uh, and if you know Ted Lasso, obviously she is is a larger than life presence, but her voice and her comedy chops are undeniable. She's oh, fantastic. Great. Um, and then uh, Duncan Trussell and Pam Murphy uh, play uh, Tyrannus's brothers, half brother and half sister, uh-huh. because it's Greek world and everyone has kind of sex with everything. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so therefore his sister is kind of a hulking half Cyclops. Um, and his brother is half his father and half maybe dolphin or mermaid. It's un- <laughs> uh, but it is going it's fluid. To be, it's uh, yes, yeah, mermaid, it dolphin. It's fluid. Yeah, he, his head is in a bowl of water because he can't breathe in in natural air. Um, and yeah, I've got to work with uh, with Dan Harmon, who is an absolute genius um, and a good friend. Um, and for those who don't know, Dan Harmon is, I guess the first big hit was community. Community was his first Rick and Morty is just a behemoth of, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable that show. Yeah. It's, it's probably the biggest show since the Simpsons, if I, or, you know, maybe Bob's burgers or something. No, I think it's bigger. I think it's, and I could see it being bigger internationally. Like Bob's burgers is very American, but Rick and Morty, uh, I'm guessing is just like. It does appeal, yeah. People in Russia love Rick and Morty. Like, yeah, it's great. I mean, and 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 you know, Dan 
slots very easily into the uh the the echelon of of amazingly talented people who i've been lucky enough to trick into hiring me um and <laughs> he is you know smart and funny and you know the show it's animation so it took a long time uh but i am very proud of that first season and i think uh i think it'll be really good i hope people watch but I can't control that. I think, people are, <laughs> I think people are going to watch. I think people are ready. Again, I think the Jennifer Lawrence movie this weekend, it did pretty well. I think people are ready for like just something different. And Fox hasn't in the last couple of years, have, they haven't really had a breakout hit in animation. And, that's, no. and it's all set up for that. You know, that's what Sunday night is for. Jordan was very helpful in the little animatic that I did with Maz Jirbani and Courtney Cox and the Son of the Beach guys. Really, really helpful. We thought that would bust through. It didn't. So now the fact that they're going to sort of like big, broad joke, let's make it funny. Let's not worry about, you know, we worry about feelings, but it's animation, guys. Let's be funny. And it seems like that's yeah. what it is. It, it is. You know, it, it. the nice thing is, the show takes place kind of in a prehistory time, right? It's right. It, there's literally no no written language in the show. It's a it's a big part of the show that there's they're constantly um, complaining that they wish they had written language to write down <laughs> stuff, which they just don't have. And it's a it's because we take the show into a, a timeline where there are no contemporary references. There's no there's nothing that you really have to worry about in terms of like, is this offending someone? Cause it is literally just the dynamics of the characters working with the gods and everyone else. Right. Um, and, and, and just being funny, I will say because there's no contemporary references and there's no knowledge of certain things. So you have to be extra careful. Like they can't say, Use your brain, Tim, because they don't know what a brain is. Right. And so, and we were very cognizant of that. So, that, but that sounds like a fun challenge. It was great. I just think it's, it is, it is so difficult when you think about like how hard it is to write comedy. So much of people's references are the, the thing they rely on for right. what makes them funny. And to have to go back to the bare bones, that was, I think the most fun of the show was really finding those dynamics that were both character and just really just laugh out loud funny. Um, so there are no yeah, like there are no references to the Jeffersons or uh, nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that, that you can. You I can got a Jeffersons joke. No, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like again, it's it's hard to be like. Um, you know, uh, we read this thing the other day and it's like, no, they can't read. They don't right. have reading. <laughs> it's like, you have to always be telling people like, no, 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 they don't know that. They don't have that. But, yeah. um, it allowed us to do some really fun stuff. And, and I think, um, I think people are going to like it. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't have any piece of the merchandise. So, I mean, let's hope so. Sure. I did yeah. want to ask you, it seems like now Fox part of me is, a little bitter because they didn't pick up uh, uh, Red, White, and Lou, the animatic we did for them. But it seems like now they're doing a smart thing, which is they're ordering seasons ahead. Like your show's been ordered another two seasons. The John right. Hamm show, because Elizabeth Tippett is on writing on that show with Chad. Hilarious person. Hilarious person. Two hilarious people. That show has been ordered for another two seasons and it hasn't aired. Neither show has aired. But and yeah. that says to me that the show's first of all, they've tested it. It's funny, but they believe in it and getting and, and making the commitment up front, I think, is a great thing. Yeah. You know, you know, very well, animation is is a is a laborious process and there's really no way to make it faster. They've they've worked very hard to make it cheaper. Um, yes. but you can't really make the drawings get drawn faster than the human that can draw them. Right. So, uh, it does make a lot of sense from a business and a viewership point of view. If you're going to commit to something, you might as well commit to it for long enough where if it is a hit, 
you have enough episodes to continue airing them while you make the next group of them. Otherwise, you risk kind of a two-year hiatus between the last new episode and the next one. So. It's also, people don't know, because the, the time commitment for you as a showrunner on that show, it's uh, just, yeah, you're getting paid per episode and there's the writing. You're not done until that last show posts. And it's not like a regular film TV show, which the posting might take another six, eight weeks maybe after you finish shooting. You know, Raising Hope might be done six or eight weeks after the last. Yeah, you got like a week of editing and stuff. Yeah. And you're pretty close. Yeah, exactly. You're on that thing for like a year in post. Uh, I think two and a half years. There you go. the first season. Yeah. Uh, it is a crazy commitment. You know, the, the best part of animation, if you're a writer out there listening, is the freedom. You can really change a lot up until the last minute. So you are able to uh, affect a lot of change comedically, narratively, and whatnot up until, you know, the day it airs, you can really keep yes. tweaking. Um, but because of that, it takes forever. So uh, you can be working on something for two, three years before it ever airs. And, uh, and it feels like, oh, is this ever going to see the live right. day? And then, you know, when it does, you hope that everyone likes it because you really kind of committed a lot of time. But I want going back to the Simpsons. I always wondered this: the writers on the Simpsons is that just like a job? Like you go to work for them and then you work for them the next twenty five years of your. It seems like it's a job. Like, yeah. like going well, to work very for few uh, of those jobs in Hollywood, and and even going back, you can go back to the beginning of television. I, I couldn't tell you that there was a job that's like the simpsons very what was it Gunsmoke was the only other show that even relatively got close to where the simpsons uh has now surpassed them probably by a hundred episodes oh, if i not think more. more i think well more yeah and so they're working on i i have been picketing with uh some some simpson guys and yeah. um matt selman who's uh i believe one of the eps uh i think they they might have two but if not it's him and i apologize if he hears this and i got it wrong don't worry but nobody, uh nobody's listening to this. <laughs> matt selman's grandmother in the, in the home uh please uh he said they're they're working on or they were working on the 750th episode oh my gosh. um which is an insane thing so there have been writers there who started grew up had kids and those kids have come in and written really the show. it's like the groundlings yeah. they're like groundling yeah. grandchildren that are and, in the and, and it is not a you know just so it's like the clarity is there there has been new blood brought in uh the this uh young woman brody gupta uh who is i've heard um, the name my, yeah my friend greg's uh now wife who's very talented, um, Ryan Coe, who's a, a friend uh, as well. There's so a woman I follow on Twitter, Christine Rangel, Dangle. She's from Philly. She's Nangle. That sounds, yes, Christine Nangle, that sounds familiar. Yeah, she's yes. been on for a while. Oh, too, she I has. Think. I didn't know that. I think so. But, you know, the thing is that they have been able to keep a lot of the original people around, not because it's like, um obligation it is basically they know the show they've been on it since the beginning um and they are now i think hopefully trying to keep the show evolving right so the audiences can keep enjoying it um i mean my favorite thing is that grandpa simpson was a world war ii veteran and now if they do flashbacks right. it should be rock a thousand years old yeah now he's yeah now he's in he's vietnam and then yeah. next year he'll be... <laughs> saddam so, wasn't yeah. born when the simpsons were on um <laughs> we gotta take another break we're gonna take our final break this is it the f <laughs> takes place in a shower <laughs> with jeremiah it's uh it's about it's about tim's hip <laughs> And uh, it's the final break. Um, we're going to take a break. I'm talking to Jordan Young. You can find him on Twitter at JYBrokenHome. But most important, you can watch his new show, Crapopolis, which is on the fall and Fox Animation Domination. I'm really, really excited for that. And you're listening to It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. 
We'll be right back. Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of the Jeremiah Show. So listen. This is Jordan Young uh, promoting Crapopolis on Fox coming out in the fall, and this is It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. was the theme to bojack horseman which is really a cool song i really like that yeah. it's very different and it's interesting that they did that song because it really speaks to that show being so different um let's jump to that for a second bojack how did that happen how did that come uh yes yeah, so so uh we met uh rafael bob waxberg uh the creator uh in between first and second season and um I had watched the first season uh, and thought it was great, uh, but it kind of went a little bit under the radar. Uh, so it was literally just to join someone who we really liked and respected their creative art, expecting as most things, Tim, you know this as well as anyone, like once, at least how the business used to be was like, once it's out there, that's kind of it. It never really evolves into much else. It's kind of like, you don't really get a second bite at the apple. And um, to his credit, Raphael was like, I think this show is, is, is not fairly represented by these first season reviews. Um, I, and I agreed with him, but I didn't think there was ever going to be a shot where he right. looked at it again. Um, so but it's, it's just they, different. I mean, that's why it's not Fox animation domination. It's different. And it was the early days of Netflix. I mean, you know, right. the, there were very few things on. Um, it was helps. hard to break through and yeah, they, they gave us a ton of freedom. Um, and we got to make what I think is, you know, again, to, to your point, a very unique, um, very like beloved show. Uh, and we kind of did it in, uh, a very free space. We didn't, there was not a lot of, uh, the, 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 um, fish out of water which is the 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 silent episode that elijah and i wrote um that was the only episode that there was a little pushback on from the network they were afraid because there was no dialogue right Um, but didn't you get a bunch of nominations for it we did get some nominations and and what i remember but i actually spoken to rafael he did not remember this but i remember that the netflix executives actually wrote an email apologizing for their initial hesitancy about the episode, which I think is a huge testament to any executive. Oh my gosh, if anytime an executive admits, uh, yeah, while they're still there, they'll do it later. Like you'll see them at some <laughs> event, like they canceled your show and you'll see them at some event. Yeah, I probably made a mistake with that. <laughs> yeah, you want to, yeah. you want to just punch them as hard as you can, but while it's actually going, that's really great. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we, got to do that show and and um again because it was animation because of the timeline and because of like it was it was kind of the slow burn that 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 built into a bit of a frenzy later um so that after we were done with the show that's when we really started finding people who were obsessive about it which was great you know it's always fun to be a part of that um you know i i i i always consider myself a, an animator first who got lucky enough to write so not a I, lot of I, people do that I'm, I'm guessing no 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 and 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 so the i always feel very lucky and so i will say that 
you know, the career I've had and been lucky to have is, is, is entirely that to me. It's, I, I feel grateful all the time. Like the, we've been on strike, uh, Tim knows this and, and I've been able to walk and talk with Raphael and Greg and Victor Fresco who did better off Ted, um, and Dave Jesser who did drawn together. And, you know, I've, I've been able to talk to these people now as contemporaries and to kind of also express how much I really loved working with them and for them, you know, and that, cause I do think like, especially with the way the television industry is going, you don't get the same consistency as much. And, and, you know, we got to have four years together telling great stories and having fun. And it's pretty rare, you know, that, that it, anyone can do that. Yes. Anymore. Even four years. And it's getting rarer now with the streaming thing. You mentioned Dave, Dave Jesser did as funny and touching a wedding speech for Jordan and his wife, Laura, that was, I, I, I have never laughed that much at a wedding. I had to do a funny speech for my daughter's wedding. I think it was funny. But being in the audience and listening to Dave, it was part roast, part like rom-com. Like, yeah, that was, that was one. That was, that was, because, uh, you know, I've known Dave for a long time. He's known me uh, since I was uh, a, a little baby. And, uh, and, he kind of got Laura and my sensibilities. My wife uh, is a writer as well, worked on comedies before she pivoted over into one hour dramas. Um, but we both kind of have a, uh, a bit of a acceptable dysfunction to one another that oh, I think. <laughs> talk about the meat cute. I can't imagine your meat cute with the two of you, but he cap. That's the thing is he captured that. In that speech, I mean, there was a lot more directed at you in that speech well, because you go she's, back. She's a lot lovelier than I am. Let's be clear. That's without a doubt. Uh, well, yeah, and, was, but talk great. about Laura for a second and what she's been writing on because she went so off and did this on, hospital show. Yeah, New for, Amsterdam for five seasons, which is a big, you know, big like hit. another thing, right? Another and and not just a big hit like it was the number one show on netflix after universal canceled it on nbc <laughs> so i and i this is uh totally anecdotal i can't speak to the the veracity of it but i have heard that there was a conversation where one of the people at universal said we need a show like New Amsterdam and that, after seeing it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's what she's been doing, you know, and uh, on top of other, you know, personal projects and stuff. And right. um, we're all just excited to ideally get back into, you know, an office and start working again. Get working you know? again. Um, so talk about, are you, because animation... It's weird because I did want to talk a little bit about the strike and the whole AI thing and get sure. your feelings on that, if you have any, because so much of your world is animation, which is already a computer element to it. Are you yeah. as afraid of the AI thing as other people are? Yeah, I, I maybe even a little bit more so. Um, I, I see a lot of co the capacity for creation of art, especially in the world of like generic, what you might see in a Disney movie that kind of has consistently looked about the same, you know, like um, all the, the, the most recent movies as high quality as they are. A lot of them I love, they're not breaking any ground in terms of visuals. So it does seem very easy if you were just inclined to let a computer do all of the art it could and and it would do it pretty dang well um right and if you're in the profit business which, why pay a bunch of humans to do something when you can just plug it in and i've plugged in a lot into um some of the um image creators and the output is remarkable and this is at a very early stage of AI. Right. And it's even with the chat GPT, um, you know, the biggest concern is for me on the short term, 
is you probably can't get rid of great writers. You know, the, the Greg Garcia's, the Dan Harmon's, uh, the Tim Stacks. Um, mm, but you can. You had me a Dan Harmon. <laughs> uh, you, 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 but you do, you could get rid of a lot of the mediocre writers, right? You could easily do it with AI. And the problem with that is every writer, when they start out, is mediocre. You know, you need to learn yes. how to do this. It's a muscle, right? You get yes. better with, with practice. So if you're eliminating these writers who would otherwise go on to become great storytellers, um, aren't we hamstringing ourselves a little bit? That's my big fear with like the, the short sightedness. Yeah. And, and I think take that thought with one of the big things with the writer's guild is mandatory staff size of a staff. And to me, that's been around since like unions, like, there's always union quotas, like, you know, five Teamsters, uh, whatever it is, you know, whatever you need. So if it's a 10 episode order, you got to hire some writers. But a showrunner, as opposed to that Yellowstone guy was like, I don't want, should yeah, be embracing yeah. that because you're, these younger writers are going to learn from you and carry on the tradition, which you supposedly want to carry on. And you're not just in it to make a lot of money. So anyway, yeah, there was a real narcissistic component to his entire position and, you know, actor, writer, creator, uh, handsome guy, you know, like there, there's that came through as, as this real, kind of aggressive privilege position. And, and he did the thing that I think is the most uh, disrespectful, but also disingenuous, which is like the idea that he can crank out a script in eight to 10 hours and it's perfect. Yeah. And I would say, you know, ask the actors and the directors if it's perfect, because they probably do a lot of work to get it where it needs to be because it's a team sport, television and, and filmmaking. And, um, and even if you could, like you said, even if you could, you're such a genius, you can crank out scripts so fast and they're so perfect. What's the downside to helping another person learn how to do that or That's... to just let them be there to, to observe it? You're, it's not your money, right? It's just, we, we do need new writers yeah. and maybe what, what ta Taylor Sheridan thinks about his own talents. Maybe he just hasn't met the writer that would compliment him and make his work that much better. Right? Like that's the thing that you never know until you open it up. Right? right. Like I, I think all the people I've worked for are more than capable of writing their own great scripts. But you like to think that when you work with them, you help them make their scripts better and they appreciate it, you know? Well, our time is up. Uh, we have I, solved you know, no problem. That, that I should tell the audience is yes. that I've been talking to an AI Tim Stack this whole time. There is no Tim. Tim. So, so we don't have to worry about AI. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's no threat. If Tim Stack's AI, oh, man, we got this thing. Uh, Jordan Young, thank you so much. His show, Crapopolis, is starting on the fall on Fox. You can watch it then. You can follow him at JY Broken Home. Uh, I'll be back soon for another episode of It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.